Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. First, uh, just reading this morning, a Cork charity has pleaded the Taoiseach to take action to address the level of homelessness uh, in the country after the murder of a man in a tented village over the weekend. Uh, Timothy, or as he's better known, Timmy. Hurahan was found in an unconscious state by members of Cork Fire Brigade. Uh, other homeless people have also raised the alarm after a tent went on fire at the uh, Mardark Walk near University College Cork at uh, 12.45am yesterday morning. He had been assaulted and had sustained extreme serious injuries to his head and body and he was rushed by ambulance to Cork University Hospital where he died later. And can I pass on our condolences as well to his family and friends or anybody who may know him. Now, Katrina Toomey, who runs the Cork Penny Dinners and who knew the murdered man, said everyone at the charity is deeply saddened and hurt by the news. And she went on to say, we will stand firm now and plead with our Taoiseach Leo Varadkar to step in and actually do something. She went on to say, we're losing too many people. There's too many people on our streets. The homeless crisis is really well and truly over the top. And she explained that the number of homeless people have been sleeping, or who have been sleeping in tents in this location. And Toomey also said that the government needs to focus on providing treatment centres and support services as well as housing if they are to succeed in tackling this particular problem. Now, I'm going to speak to Katrina in a few moments. Uh, but before I do, I want to ask you if you think enough is being done to tackle this very difficult, and I suppose it's a huge problem in many different facets, uh, homelessness in general, or if you think the government has forgotten the gravity of the situation. Now, yes, a guard or superintendent, Michael Cummins, of Anglesey Street held a media briefing at the site of the murder and he said as a result of our inquiries uh, from uh, that we, we set up in the incident room the man has injuries consistent with an assault he does not have injuries consistent with being in a fire he appealed for a witness or anyone with any information to come forward if they knew anything about the incident and indeed you can get onto that superintendent if you want anybody with information is asked to contact Anglesey Street Garda Station on 021 452 2000 or indeed you can contact the Garda confidential telephone number at 1-800-666-111 but today I want to talk about homelessness and the severity of it nationally and do you believe the government are doing enough are the government actually doing enough about people who are actually literally sleeping on the streets and on the line is Katrina Toomey who we quoted in that particular article Uh, Katrina um, you knew this man and uh, what sort of guy was he I mean you would have been used to seeing him I suppose coming in and out Yes, um, we know him quite well, and we knew him for a good many, you know, good couple of years. And, uh, you know, he, he was a chef. He did work. Things went pear-shaped for him then, and he was trying to rent a place, you know, and trying to get a place, and they're impossible to get in Cork. Mm-hmm. They, they're just not there, and people <clears throat> become homeless sometimes because the landlord asked him to leave, saying he must sell on the house for family reasons, etc. What it is is really in most instances to raise the rent and then there are people that have to leave their homes because the rents are raised. These are people that would be working in a job and just barely scraping enough to get by, pay their rent, pay the few bills and work and then all of a sudden the rents go way up and they can't do it anymore. I mean, so, I mean, a lot of these people end up on the street. On the street, as I was going to say. So, had he been sleeping in hostels, or was he literally sleeping it, on the street? Yeah, he was. He was sleeping on the street, and he was sleeping in hostels as well. As indeed all of them are. If they can get in, they they get in. If they don't, 
they have to sleep elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the tents were set up. And when we talk about them not being able to get in, there are various reasons. But the one big reason that's out there is there aren't enough beds for them. Mm-hmm. And the hostels, the people in the hostels are stretched to try and get... Yeah, well, well Simon Coveney led us to believe there about two years ago, Simon Coveney led us to believe there was plenty of beds and um, they just weren't being availed of for whatever reason or some people just didn't want to use them, maybe because there was other people in there who were, um, I suppose, unsavoury and they didn't want to use them, but that's probably hard to Well, exactly, people, yeah. people, people try to keep themselves safe as well and to protect themselves and the people that are on the streets are the ones that can really voice us and say like that they feel safer not mm. being in there as well. And for some, that's the case. For others, they just can't get in because they're full. And again, the centres are strapped, you know, and stretched to the limits, as are all the support services. And again, that's why we're appealing to Leo Varadkar directly to step in and work to solve this. No, people are dying. People are dying of the cold, of the wet. They're dying of pneumonia. They're dying of addictions. They're dying of, you know, lots and lots of things. Mental health, suicide is huge. It's happening, and the most vulnerable sector of society is affected by all of this. Mm. And, and what do you think? I mean, with respect, obviously, to Timmy, and I know Timmy was actually in, in a tented village there, and I don't want to focus too yeah. much on his personal death, yeah. right? Because I'm sure he has family and friends. But, has, it, yeah. but, but in relation to the, the many people who are on, let's focus on the people who are on the streets so much. In, yeah. in Dublin, probably on average about 100 to, to 150 people on a nightly basis, literally on the streets, right? Um, yeah. Who don't, you know, take up residence in a hostel or whatever it is. Many yeah. of those people, not all of them, but many of them have their own social problems. They, they maybe mm-hmm. have drug problems problems, drink problems, or mental health mm-hmm. issues, as you mentioned as well. I mean, it's a multifaceted problem. So it is. How, how do you wave a magic wand and fix that? I'm not, and I'm not talking about people who are in temporary accommodation, who we also know are the new homeless too. We're, we're yeah. talking about people who find themselves, you know, going down that dark hole and ending up literally in a sleeping bag out of the street, maybe afraid to go into a hostel, or maybe they themselves have a problem. I mean, you need so many different support services to come together and communicate to fix that problem. And that's, that's I, what I, we keep saying the whole I know we're throwing money at it, but are we throwing money in the wrong direction? Yeah, it's not been it's not been looked at properly, and it's not been looked at in the in the whole. There is no full package, you know. There's gaps throughout the system, and what's wrong is people are going into treatment centres for twenty eight days, for twelve weeks, or whatever. Then they come out, they have no home to go to. So again, what's going to happen? A revolving door. They'll go back into using because of the survival mode that they get into when they're on the street. They will do anything to numb the pain of being out there because it is particularly hard. And let's face it, like before I go on, there are people out there that don't mind this life and will do and want that life for themselves. Oh, I know. And, and it's a vicious circle well, because once they, as, circle, yeah. Yeah, as you say, once they try to numb the pain with either alcohol or drugs, that then yeah. becomes a vicious circle whereby they then can't just get employment because they're on alcohol or drugs or they can't find somewhere to stay. So it becomes a vicious circle and a cycle it for does. many people. And, you know, but, but the argument is proposed from the government is, look, we've set up treatment services. There are support services. There are hostels. But we can't take people by the hand to go to them or we can't drag people in. Like we, like we looked at research there a while ago in relation to homelessness on the streets of Dublin, for example, where you had people who went into these treatment centres. 80% of them opted out of them before they even finished the, the, the service. And the other 20% who did come out of it, 80% of those went back on the drink or went back on the streets or went back on the drugs because for whatever, there's no follow up service to it. Exactly. That's what it is. We don't, like, you have to move with these people and move them forward after they're in a position to be able to have the confidence 
to, to look after themselves. For a lot of them, that's driven out of them and life on the streets drives them further and further out of their grasp. So again, we have to give give that back to them and that takes time. So therefore we need the treatment centres, we need them we need people not to be waiting for months and months, you know, for to get into treatment centres. We need treatment centres that people can access fairly quickly and we need the the assessments done fairly quickly. We, we need other assessment areas for people to try and identify, is it drink, is it drugs, is it gambling, what is it, is it mental health, you know, mm-hmm. is it ill health that has brought a person to this. Lots of people, you know, through ill health can end up being unemployed and they end up in the street because once when they were working they were able to afford to pay their rent and then all of a sudden they can't. So it's a 101 different reasons. Which would have been Timmy's situation because as you mentioned he have. was a chef and he lost his job and, and, yeah. and he spir- and obviously happened. his life spiraled out of control somewhat. Yeah. Okay and, but, and I mean, but what sort of people I mean every single day you're dealing with people coming into Cork Penny Dinners who for whatever reason you know find themselves in that situation of desperation and what what's the kind of for people who maybe don't get that the range of people that you would have I mean obviously males females age we have people from all walks of life and we have children of people from all walks of life. We, before at Penny Dinners, it was just men and the term used was men who are fond of the drink. Mm-hmm. No. No. No, we have, um, no, we have um, women that have been accessing the services for years and years. Yep. And then we have children that are brought to our services. And we have children that we have to go to that are in the hotels in the B&Bs and that are suffering greatly as well because their parents are suffering. And mental health kicks in for all of them. Can you imagine a teenager living in a hotel room with her mom, with her dad, with her brothers and sisters, all in the one room for months and years. And then she has to get up and go to school among her peers. So, so they're coming into you for breakfasts and dinners. And, and, and how many, we, pe- we how many people would you see per day? Well, we have over 2,000 per week and we give out loads and loads and loads of hampers and we make sure those that need a lunch for school will get a lunch. Mm-hmm. We provide that for them. And even this morning, we've got some stuff for some families that had no heating over the weekend and the children were hungry. So we just stepped in and what do you do? You give them a hot breakfast and that's it and take it to them. Cause and would you have many kids coming in their school uniforms like with their mum or their no, dad? Or? No, no, no. Okay, no, no, all right, no, no. Okay. We prevent all that because... That's, we don't want no child run up with a memory of penny dinners. No. We will take it to them. No, no it's, not a, nice, it's not a nice memory to have, really, is it? No, I mean. it's not. And, you know, all the, they were all old-fashioned things that happened years ago when probably none of us were alive. And, you know, there are things we heard about in history, like, you know, and in, in famine times and moving forward. We will preserve the history of people. We won't drag those children down to us. Could you imagine? And then having to go to school after being down to penny dinners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't do that. That's wrong. And, this and when, when, when was the last time, Katrina, sorry, I, I'm losing your line a little bit there, but Katrina, when was the last time that you saw Timmy? I mean, was he in there, you know, before the weekend or? We saw him last week. Okay, last week. And, and you hadn't kind of seen him since. I mean, was he, did he come in regularly? Do you know, Timmy was kind of one of those fellows, if he got something someplace else, he'd be happy with that. Right. You know, and he, he was a good kind of maker out, I suppose, in one sense as well. And, you know, he had he had friends, you know, that he could turn to as well. You know, he had some friends around the place. And a lot of them do that. They only come in here when they can't get it someplace else, you know. They yeah, when they're not sleeping on someone's sofa, I suppose. Yeah. From a family, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, then if that doesn't happen, 
they come here. And, and would, would, it be, would it be common to see people coming in who are in that situation, who are sleeping on the streets, you know, with injuries where they've been in a fight the night before or whatever, or maybe they've fallen enough, or been yeah. in an accident? Yeah, yeah, both. It could have been a fight and it could have been a fall. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's both. We, we see that all the time, like, and, yeah. you know, we'd often have to dress them, like, you know, clean their wounds, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and give them plasters and things like that. And we do that. But uh, we see that all the time. And we also see the desperation, like this, and the desperation among them now at the minute because they know that the stuff that's happening is real. Mm-hmm. They, like, they can feel it more than anybody else because they're in it. We can feel it because we can see it every day. We can see the demise of people too every day. We can see them, you know, all of a sudden the rise of something, their, their appearances. Mm-hmm. Is different, you know that. So you you can see their health going up and down, I suppose, because you see oh, them regularly. Yeah, of course, yeah. We can, yeah. And, and, and people, people on the streets, like you know, there was a man on the streets recently. With you know, well, he still is. Like he's got cancer, you know. And can you imagine how difficult it is for him? And he gets the bit of grub into him, and he gets, um, you know, whatever we have from each other. And is he is he receiving chemotherapy as well? Yes, yeah. And and then he's back out onto the streets. Yes, I mean, we know what it's, yes. it's bad enough for people and how ill they become when they're on chemotherapy. Yes. Jeepers, that's awful. Okay, but yes. I mean, look, you do a wonderful job. I know you do, and, and everything is done with a good heart as well. And can I ask you, if you were to say something to the minister, I mean, or to say to the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, I mean, you basically asked him to step in and do something about this. If there's I, one, I, If there was one thing he could do to make things better, what would you say that one thing would be? He could do. I'm, lo- I'm losing your line. Sorry, say that again, Katrina. Sorry, Varadkar could do. Uh, Leo Varadkar, yeah, sorry. If there was yeah. one thing you believe he could do to make things a little bit better. He could, he could step in. He could say, let's get this sorted. And he has a whole country that would stand and back him to sort out all these issues. Not just the homelessness, but the mental health the addictions, the underage drinking, the whole, you know, all these crises that mm-hmm. happen, help the people that are in homes to stay in them and not have them evicted. People are worried because there are so many evictions coming down the line. And for goodness sake, be human in his approach and try to keep the person that's in a home in that home. It just makes more sense. And it'll save the government money in the long run anyway because they're going to have to put them up someplace. When well, this, when well, this is true. Yeah, they, everybody has to be paid for in the end. Listen, yeah. uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, and uh, fair play to you, by the way, the wonderful work that you do down there as well. Thanks, all thanks right, thanks. Thank uh, all right, there you go. There's Katrina Toomey from Cork Penny Dinners, who knew Timothy uh, Hulahan very well. This is the man, of course, or I should say Hulahan, uh, the man who actually was uh, died over the weekend. Well, the Guardian believed that obviously he died in suspicious circumstances. And they're asking for anybody with information, by the way, to contact Anglesey Street Garda Station in relation to it. Now, let me just go to uh, Bernie. Bernie, if I can. Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Bernie? Brian, I heard you say that there was an awful story, a tragedy at the weekend, and then my sympathies go to everyone. They, those people do an amazing job. Yeah, I saw a picture of him in the paper there this morning. It looked like a lovely chap, by the way. Yeah. Yes, he does. But, but Niall, we have to stop all this baloney and bullshit of helping, you know, direct provision centres and all that. We have to help our own. This, this is, this is out, out of hand now. Mm-hmm. Should not, nobody should be sleeping in a tent at the side of a road who did dire needs he, with mental and physical injuries and help and somebody with cancer and children. And I was listening to, I, I couldn't believe, like, how can somebody, you know, I, I can only imagine, I, I know people who've had chemotherapy and how sick it can make them and how ill it can, they, I mean, they're bedridden, you know, for a lot of the time. And yet, we're happy enough to see somebody who's getting their chemo and then back out onto the street into a sleeping bag. We're 
but we're, we're not being told these. None of this. This only came to light at the weekend. And this is going. Or this is going on all the time now. It's not acceptable. People with mental health issues who are struggling are left out of hospitals to walk and go wherever they don't care. They're discharged. Now, I, but I, on the other hand, Bernie, I do understand there are individuals out there. And I'm not going to say they're helpless or hopeless cases, but certainly there are individuals that don't want help. Or that exactly. some, and you know, you can't force somebody to get help either. I, I understand that no, too. No, I mean, let's have the services there. And like, I was just thinking in my head, the only uh, one solution I thought of was that all the convents and priests, uh, hoses, and all the people, the nuns out in the third world countries, bring them home here and let them look after our own. Our, there's over ten and a half thousand people on the streets. Surely they warrant help. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are. We we want to help these people. And surely the convents and those places could be opened up. And let these people sleep safely and be looked after and cared for by these people who minister to the sick and ill all over the world. Why can't they help our own? Like, that's a lot of people to be on the street. There isn't enough services. Our hospitals are jammed. There isn't enough care for these people. But where, where can we go with them? They can't be sleeping in tents. It's not humanly right. I mean, I know we, we do have a growing population. Um, and yes, you know, the amount of people sleeping on the streets has increased. Now, thankfully, not drastically. You were always barely going to have people who end up wind up on the streets, people who fall through the cracks. Yes, and, for whatever and, and, reasons, you know. Yes, like I see it, and I'm from Dublin originally. I see it here in Galway. You know, they're in every city, in every small town. You'll see people sleeping. No matter off. how wealthy so, society is, exactly. And, yeah, you're and always going to have that. And I also admire people who take on the, the, the gauntlet of running the government. Like I know at the moment out in Connemara, they have a fantastic service out there called the Connemara Sheltered Housing. And they ha- take people from the psychiatric services and they've set up a fantastic day service and a residential unit for them out there, all set up by the local people. Um, and they care for those people and they send buses out into the community. And some of it is funded by the HSC and a lot by other money. But... That's a service for young and old who have mental health issues who are cared for and they have hairdressing facilities, they have meals, they have showers, they're trying to get a unit for a dementia unit out there built in, in an old reform school that's there and like they're doing so much to try and help and that's one small community out in Clifton. See what, what Don, what Don and me when I was listening to that story was, she mentioned at the very start of the interview that he was a you know, reasonably successful chef and yes. he, he lost his job, right? Now... Clearly, the man had issues. After he lost his job, he went into home. You know, he became homeless, he and then had, alcohol, yeah, he had alcohol issues or whatever. And, and he had alcohol issues or whatever, right? But that all beca- because he lost his job and because he ended up in that situation. So what? What I think we need to do is because when you get to the point where you're on the streets and you have a drug or an alcohol issue or a mental health problem, sometimes I'm not saying it's too late, but sometimes it's very difficult to recover from that situation. Whereas if you if you nip it in the bud, so when somebody loses their job, if we have a sp- proper support service to help people get back into the workplace, or we can. Support support them at that point rather than them getting to the point where they end up on drugs or alcohol I think it's a much better suggestion rather than yes, trying so, to Yes so you, you can see where I, I would go say like you know I take the comment on the Navan Road that's the only one I recognise and I say Vincent could that not be opened up as a service it's, I don't know what it does at the moment currently but it's, it's a fine building and you know could they use some part of that to maybe house people who are sheltered in tents at the moment mm-hmm. like that's only one comment I know of I know there's loads around the city or, of Dublin that maybe could be opened up or units that are not open and people could care for them there yeah, no, no, I, I agree. And there are individuals, unfortunately, that we, you'll never be able to help because they just don't want any help. Now, Damo says, uh, now, when was the last time you talked so much about uh, someone not homeless getting murdered? Most homeless people are criminals, drug users, Ill- illegally sleeping, uh, drunk in public places, etc. I'm sick of the softly, softly approach by the media to homelessness. Uh, that comes in from Damo. And the person says, now, that's a shocking story. Imagine uh, being out in the streets, that's a, the, the worst of your worries, and then ending up being murdered as well. It must be awful. 
Yeah, like I mean, you know, any of us can be murdered or knocked down or, you know, hit and run the river. It's it, 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 it can happen to anybody. But we should not, this should not be, a, this should not be on our streets. We shouldn't have people in tents on our streets, full stop, capital letter. That, Leo Varadkar should step in now and all those people. But yeah, and, 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 and I agree with you, Bernie, we shouldn't. But, you know, to, to lay the blame at Leo Varadkar's door, and yes, I understand the government can be doing more, and yes, but we do pump millions into different support services. And I think it's unfair, just like when Jonathan Corrie died about three years ago, when he died on the steps of the doll, actually, sadly enough, uh, Jonathan had been offered loads of places. He had been offered rehab. He had a quite wealthy family, actually, and he had been offered, you know, numerous different positions or numerous, uh, you know, support services of help, yeah. but refused to take it. And sadly, the man died from hypothermia, and unfortunately, he was using drugs as well outside the doll. Now, he became, unfortunately, the poster boy for homelessness. And I, yeah, don't, I don't think, you know, Timmy's death should be something that we should be all beating the government with and saying, well, hold on now, look at this poor chap has died. You need to do something. I think they need to do something anyway. They need to do something as well about this drug problem. I'm sorry. I mean, if you call in the army and go around with every guard car and have the army with them, and we have to do something. And, like, it's come out of control. When you have 10-year-olds now being encouraged to go around giving, dropping drugs off, bicycles, cyclists out delivering food are now delivering drugs as well. Like, I mean, we all know it's, 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 common, it's common knowledge that this is how this is all happening. Surely we have to step in now as, as responsible human beings for each other and say enough is enough. Okay, all right, okay. Um, I don't know how true it is, but Damon mentions as well, no, I don't think he, his marriage broke up as well. Anyway. The person you tap has a story. All right, well, let me, let me go to John. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Afternoon, how are you? Uh, John, yeah, well, another one of, uh, another person from Cork sadly dies on the streets. Um, and not just dies, but was murdered. Um, and yeah. I'm, Are you familiar, by the way, with this kind of tented village at, yeah. at Mardyke Walk near the University College Cork? I am indeed, yeah. It's, it's slightly sheltered off of the Mardyke Walk on the way up to Fitzgerald's Park. There's a big kind of a hedge and trees and I believe there was a fire there the other night. One of the tents went on fire the other night. Well, it was the same tent that the guy that was murdered. Was yeah. tent. That's where actually drew people's attention to it and they saw the fire in the tent. Mm-hmm. And then they discovered the body. Now, we're not going to go into the graphic details of the condition of the body. But well, they, well they, now, they, they did clarify that they don't believe that he died, you know, his injuries were consistent with being in a fire no, and no, that he, no. was, he was dead he anyway. Was beat, the man was savagely, yeah. savagely beaten to this. Yeah. Now, there's about 20 tents in all from time to time in there, right? Now, look, okay, people have problems, they have alcohol, they have drugs, whatever. But no child, right, no child that has been born or is coming to be born, right, should end up on the streets. I don't care what the circumstances are. And when you do appear on the streets, there should be dedicated units out there to go around. And you mentioned Johnson and Collie, they've got this to soil. But they should be encouraged if they're not. A lot of them won't go into the shelters because, there's, you know, they they feel it's too rough and some people are kind of timid and they won't go in there. But they should be coaxed and you never give up. And they like to John and Corrie. People probably say, look, we, we can't do a deal with him. And we all see how that plays Yeah, but, but that's, John, you know, and I, I know you're going back to Jonathan Corrie again. And, and, you know, everybody remembers Jonathan's death because of where it happened. And that's the only reason we really remember it. Because the time, it was around the time of the Apollo House thing. And it was outside, the, it was actually on the steps opposite the doll, right? But it, when we look at the backstory in relation to Jonathan, he had been offered support services. You know, know, he came from a good background. Yeah. He was on drugs and didn't want the help. He was offered accommodation. Well, you know what I mean? The thing is, can we, you can keep chipping away, right? Now, there's, there's two things I want to tell you in here. One is the homelessness, like in the way it's not being addressed, right? Mm-hmm. Because people that fall through the cracks, 
as I said, there should be dedicated units for them, right? And there should be special places for them to go. And as Katrina rightly said, she sees it, the core face of it. Of course she does, yeah. There's no point to come in in bringing the person in then for the addiction, treating them for a while, and put them back out with no services whatsoever, no follow-up, no district officers, no checkups, nobody calling, nothing. Then what's going to happen? You fall back into either the drugs or the drink, or you're hanging on the same people again, and the cycle starts all over. Now, the second thing I'm going to But how do, you, how do you stop that? So let's say you take somebody into rehab. Let's say they do the, the full service. I don't know how long it takes, you know, be it on drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. And then you set them up with some sort of agency to try and help find them a job. How can you then force that person not to go back to their old ways? It's difficult. Wait, wait, how long? I mean, I'm not having a go, but I'm just saying, how long do you need to hold somebody's hand for, you know, to make sure that they well, don't well, go back into that situation? That is as, as long as it takes, because yeah. one of the people, I mean, they're in a position in life that they never started off with it. They're, they were just a child like the rest of us. And how did this thing happen? How did this guy end up in the streets? So and and do many happened. people know? Would Timmy have been well known? Would a lot well, of people he was, know? Yeah, he yeah. was very well known. I know to see myself for all the years. Mm. Now, the second thing I want to tell you is the lack of law and order. There was a time when the guards would be out on patrol in that area and they would keep an eye in that area. But like the rest of the country, you know, we're starved the guardies. So much so now that people in Cox City are talking about starting up their own, not neighborhood watch patrols. Because, I you know, when I went to Cox City at night then, things won't win anymore, right? No, I went to promote Cox City. It's a beautiful city, right? But unfortunately, there is no gas to be seen in the inner city anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a huge problem. Because the guards, when they used, the guards used to be on the beat years ago, you don't really see it much these days, the guards were the first to notice when people were in trouble. And they were, you know, or when people were having problems. And they would draw attention to it at a very early age and it was nipped in the bud, you know, before it got too serious. But how long, by the way, John, you'd know better, obviously, than I did. And I forgot to ask, obviously, Katrina. How long was Timmy in that situation? Many years has he, has he been in that situation? Oh, he, he's been at least uh, for 12, 12 months in the room that area there, you know, yeah. give or take, right? But overall, I mean, as a guess, his, his situation, I think he's been for quite a while, like, I mean, just yeah. in the room, right? No, just to finish on this point, is the fact is that, as I said, as a guess, the law and order, right? There's not enough being done. We haven't got enough care to patrol the areas. There's another young man in the field here to then talking to you, and he's on life support because he was beaten again in Cork City, in the streets of Cork City. There must be nobody monitoring the CCTV because if there was, they would dispatch somebody, surely, to when they see a situation like this. But, I mean, when it gets to the stage, when people are saying to me they're no longer going to Cork City at night and people are talking about patrolling their own areas, something is wrong. Well, uh, well, I just find it bizarre that our government can set aside, and I, I know, you know... Bernie brought it up at the start because obviously Bernie, uh, you know, was p- part of the campaign at the time in Rachel Dukrod, right? But I find it bizarre that our government can set aside 75 million, which they said they would, uh, to update direct provision centres and build more direct provision centres to increase the accommodation of the country, uh, the population of the country, and yet we don't seem to be able to deal with the problems that we have or we don't have any money for the problems that we have. Yes, what is that like, Nile as well? You know, we're like we have problems on our buses. You can't travel safely on a public service transport. You can't go on a train anymore. There's no, not enough seats. Like the whole... 
infrastructure is, is collapsing. We, have no, we seem to have no support for ourselves at all. And yet we're adding all, more and more problems to our already bursting at the seams infrastructure. Surely the government should have a look urgently at that and revisit it, like carbon tax and all that rubbish. I can't leave. You know, it's going to cost me a fortune to leave to go into Galway now because I have to pay extra money for diesel. It's mm. all going to impact us in the long term. You're watching your coal. You're putting on extra jumpers. Like really and truly, they haven't thought it through at all. No, and in a country where our population, I'm sorry for going a bit short, but I have to go into a break, where the population is now exceeding 5 million people in a very short space of time. And look, there's no problem, by the way. Ireland, they believe, can sustain up to 10 million people, but you must do that slowly. And you have to build your economy slowly. A lot of people believe that the economy, or say the population, is just growing too fast. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 8 uh, We're talking, of course, about the death of Timothy, or better known as Timmy Hurahan, who was found unconscious uh, by Cork Fire Brigade. Uh, the other night and sadly um, he is dead and there is obviously a suggestion that this could be a murder case and the Garda Shikon are looking for anybody who has information around that. Okay, loads of people are texting in now. Look, we we don't want to make this into an us and them situation because that's unfair as well. There are a lot of people coming to Ireland from very genuine situations from war-torn countries or in very bad situations. Yes, I agree in relation to economic migrants. Um, we shouldn't be prioritising economic migrants over Irish people born in this country. And I completely agree with you, what you're saying, people. Uh, Irish identity is being wiped out now. What's this got to do with what we're talking about? I'm unsure. Let me know. Uh, Niall Cork is like Baghdad. No, it's not. You're obviously delusional. Um, that guy, John, is telling the truth, Niall. I know it because I walk around Cork on a regular basis and there isn't a guard to be seen. Well, I would agree with you completely. Uh, that's not just in Cork and Limerick, Galway and Dublin are exactly the same situation. Just because Dublin is a bigger population, don't be uh, uh, deluded into thinking the fact that the guards are walking the beat because they're not, well, not the way they were when I was a kid, certainly. Roisin, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Roisin? Hello, I'm well. Well, very sad to hear about that chap now. It is. It's shocking. It is. Very it, look, sad. it's shocking. And, and particularly the way in which he was died. I mean, he was callously murdered. You know, and the murder yeah. investigation is now ongoing. I mean, the man was beaten right. to death. I know. That's you know? an awful, awful, an awful end to an awful few years of his life also. Mm, yeah, and sa- sadly, somebody who probably had a good future and all of a sudden lost his job, lost his way in life, sadly, and yeah. ended up in the situation he was in. There you but, go. But how do you stop that from happening? Um, I think that um, the government do plenty, but I don't think they do any of the right things. I think that we need to get in much younger. Um, I, you know, I think you need to get uh, children before, before they become at risk youth that experiment and dabble with drugs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it would take an awful lot to do those things. But as well as these, now I look at these um, emergency accommodation places and I think what type of mental health problems are the, this generation of kids living there going to have? God love them. We yeah, won't I mean, know there's nothing worse than a child growing up in a hotel for the, you know, for six this months. Of their life. Yeah, absolutely. This is it. So like, and when those children need counselling services, will they still have to wait the same two years as every other child in the country because the services are not available? Um, so, well, see, well, what I'm, I, I know I'm kind of trying to play the blame game here today yeah. because obviously we have another man who's been murdered, right? Yeah. But whose fault is this? I mean, yes, there has to be personal responsibility when it comes to, mm-hmm. you talk about young children living in hotels. I mean, yeah. there is a responsibility there by parents and adults who make decisions to have children uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, or parents and adults who maybe should be providing better, particularly fathers who abandon their wives or, or their girlfriends with children. I mean, they, they, mm-hmm. we have a responsibility to make them cough up as well and take responsibility yeah. for their kids. But in relation to, say, a chap like, like Timmy, I mean, what can we do? 
I want to know what we can... Uh, if we threw a, you know, a gazillion quid at this tomorrow, could you solve it? Ah, you could certainly make a good dent. You could certainly make a good because dent. Because we do throw millions already, Roisin. We do, Sheen, we do but it's become an industry. It's like anything else, it's become an industry. All well, homelessness is an industry, yes. Like, look at that woman that was on, um, that woman that was talking about her penny dinners and all the rest. They're the people on the ground. She is giving her heart and soul. And for nothing, that's the purest type of will mm-hmm. to help. I agree. Not people mm-hmm. who are on 150 and 200 grand a year salaries. Yeah, who are getting paid per head you for taking them in. Yeah, yeah. But also they don't even know what their job entails. A lot of the people who are in charge of our in our government don't even know what their actual job is. They're just handed pieces of papers. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, there's any amount of charities out there, and you know, Roshi made a really good point. Homelessness and the deprivation of people has become an industry, and you know, it's not in their best interest to see the problem solved because they'd be all out of a job. You've got CEOs of a lot of these big organisations that we talk to on a regular basis. We'll have their spokespeople on the air, you know, on over a hundred grand a year. Yeah, well, I mean, I know the the, the Cullum Irish Sheltered Housing. They're they're working off their own bath. They don't get mm. any pay. Yep. They put this together. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they are down in, in Clifton. They're based, um, and that's the only one I can go on that I know of. Um, mm. And they have mental health issues. They take all. They're dealt through the HSC. They accept clients from within the HSC once they're mentally stable, and they give them a whole new chance at life. And it should be looked at. It has already won awards in its past, but they worked from people. With, giving up their time. They built it from scratch. And I mean, I mean, Richie makes a good point here as well in relation to guards. Uh, Cork was due to get an 80 additional guard at Sheikana, but because of the madness that's going on in Drada at the moment, the guards were permanently re- uh, redeployed. Now, I don't know how true that is, but I can imagine it probably is true. So but the guard... Yeah, sorry, Roshan. Sorry to stop you there. Like, we can't blame the current government on the lack of guards. No, well, that, was Alan the the yeah, that was Alan Shatter's yeah. decision. That was Alan Shatter's decision, yeah. Cut everything down to the bare minimum. Cut everything down to a skeleton staff. And now, the, the, what's the expression? The chickens are coming home to roost or whatever. Yeah. This, is what happen- mean, this is what's happened. Why did they sell off the Garda stations? Like, I mean, that beggars well, belief. Well, okay, I mean, it, it does beggar, beggars belief. But at the time, you've got to remember, that was 2010. We had no money. We were on our yeah. knees, right? Now we're not on our knees. We have money, but I believe mm-hmm. it's been spent very badly. We could easily start opening these guard stations up. But the problem, Roisin, is getting guards because, firstly, we have to recruit them. Then we have to train them. You know, that's going to take a little bit of time. At the moment, I don't know what the numbers in the force are. I think it's somewhere around the 11,000 mark or 12,000 mark. We, I mean, I'll get Helena to check with me now. But in saying that, a lot of people just don't want to be guards, just like people don't want to join the army. It's not easy to recruit. But it's, it's another thing about it is nobody wants to work in the public service anymore. It's a hellhole. I mean, you take nurses, they're running out of the jobs. Doctors are running exactly, out of the jobs. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Everybody's running. Anyone to do with the public now run the other well, way. Well, I mean, it's, there's many reasons for that. It's not just the money, by the way, before we all jump no, on the government. It's, it's the opportunities. Because, it's the opportunities. Yeah. Ireland is I'm, a small country. You know? I mean, I know as, 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 from the nursing head, I retired myself, but I mean, I know from nursing, I mean, they brought in so much paperwork, it, it went ridiculous. I mean, you spend most of your time at a computer screen, chasing, I mean, you didn't see the person in the bed anymore, it got ridiculous, and you were jammed with extra beds, with pay, trolleys t- shown into your room where there should only be five patients, it'd be eight patients, and, and the same amount of staff. I mean, it went belly up. But they did try to do that in the guards as well when they brought in the yeah. admin, the, you know, the, uh, the citizens, so to speak, and they brought in the admin staff to help the guards, Sheikana, to get them back out in the street. And the guards didn't cooperate with them because the guards kept wanting to keep it to themselves as well. They didn't, they didn't want somebody taking the job, which meant they had to go back out on the street again because they're happy to sit behind a desk because it was a warm office. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's what I said, everything in the public sector has changed so radically that it's not, I don't think we're equipped for what's happened in the country. You know, like there's so many changes going on and on and there's so mm. many litigious. I mean, you, a guard now pulls you and if he doesn't give you the right quest, um, wording when he's arresting or whatever, he can, he can be sued. There's a lot more things that people are more, up, you know, are, are, are going to do now. Mm. You know, if you didn't put a plaster on the right way and something happened, you know, there's so many legal aspects like negation possibilities in life in the public sector. I don't think people don't want to be in it. I mean, Roshan, I'm just looking, okay, so there's 14,251 guards currently serving at the moment. Now, because um, we now have, obviously, that that makes up, I think, that there's probably almost 50% female and 50% male. We now have more guards t- taking time off for maternity leave and other things. And by the way, I'm not having a go at women. I'm just saying that's <laughs> what happens when you have women, obviously, in a job. So that means less people actually on the streets. So we mm-hmm. should have more to make up for that fact. Do you know what I mean? So what we, we can't, Yeah, but we can't recruit them. We know Who wants to be a guard, Roisin, with the greatest but respect? I don't ever, I don't ever remember um, a guard coming in to talk to me in my school about being a guard. Mm. Like, try- how did they I'm trying to remember, did they come into my school? I think they did. Well, stage. I tell you, my son's in school now, and I've never, and uh, th- honestly, I've never heard um, the I topic know, as such uh, of them going to a youth club, going to a school, explain what do we do. We need more respect for the guards, to be fair. I, you know what I mean? It, like, I think it is a job that's kind of, um, it is kind of a thankless job, and I, look, it, that's a conversation for another day. But, um, like, how do they recruit? Uh, you know, what about, I see the ads, I see the way, um, the police service Northern Ireland recruits mm-hmm. and the military and stuff like that and the ads are very good and you do remember them. Oh yeah, yeah you're looking at them oh, that's that's a great life I'd love to do that stuff. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, though. but I mean I, I have to be honest you're right uh, they probably don't recruit properly or we don't spend enough money trying to recruit and we do need more guards because you're right the more guards we have the less chance people have of ending up in a life of crime or ending up mm-hmm. on drugs or ending up mixed up with the wrong people. Uh, stay there I want to go to Irene as well just before the break Irene you're on Classic Kids how are you doing Irene? Hi, Niall. How are you? Uh, getting back to the homeless services and this poor chap who lost his life, sadly. Yeah. Well, well, he was murdered, let's just put it straight. I mean, you know, is it the government's fault? Well, the worst thing I'd like to say is horrendous that that man was kicked to death like that. My God, what kind of a society have we got? Secondly, it is the government's fault because a lot of these people are single men, you know, who fall into that category and they're kind of ignored now for housing or anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there should be something there to help people that fall you say fall off the limb, you know? But there's nothing. The infrastructure's not there to well, help. Well, see, the reason it happens more so to men is because, generally speaking, when women fall into that situation, they usually might have children, maybe I one or two that, children. Yeah. yeah, so they would get prioritised over, you know, I some know. 40-year-old bloke. But so, still should which have, is right. There should be accommodation for single men. And the girls are hostile, they can understand why people won't go into them because of drugs and violence and the whole lot. Also, we have a situation in this country, my opinion, is that Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, has never cared in the last 15 years about the Irish people or what's happening to our people. Do you know what I'm saying, Mm Ireland? As you said yourself there, 75 million for direct provision centres. We can't even house our own people. I can't understand. People have to start saying, here, hold on, stop. Enough is enough. We want this changed. Well, I, I do believe that was the biggest joke I heard this year, which was Charlie Flanagan announced, seven, I think it was 75 million yeah. uh, to improve direct provision. And what did you say now? 25 million a month, was it you said the other day? For, for these direct provisions? You know what I mean? Well, it was 25, no, it was 25 million a month. I was talking about the HAP scheme that was a while ago, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
And what I'm saying is they're getting priority on housing. When the people like to hear these things, if you want to call me a racist, go ahead. The name doesn't well, I don't think that's a racist thing to do. I'm just pointing out a clear fact that the money is not being divvied out properly. Sorry, Arlene, just to let you finish your point that you were trying to make there. Yeah, you believe that we don't have enough help for single men in particular. Yeah, it's very sad because it's, my, my mother had her own business in Ireland, it's a clothing business, right? And I'm going back now into the 60s and she used to dress all them poor men you know, of the country that lived in the Ivy Trust and all, which was very good for them, you know. Mm-hmm. They were going home for fear because they'd be embarrassed, you know. Yeah, and I, and I, I can understand the reason why it is more so single men that find themselves in these situations because I said to you, there is more support services, say, for a mum and a couple of kids. It is. Yeah. I never forgot that as a child. So it's still going on, only in a different way, you know, a harder scale. But if you think about it now, as you said yourself, 75 million on the restoration said to modernise them, and many houses would be built for the Irish people, and many young couples could buy houses at affordable price. The money is being directed wrong all the time. They're actually increasing in the budget. Money now for the third world or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? It's gone beyond a joke in this country. Well, I don't know how much we gave this year, but I know we did give 540 million going back a couple of years ago. Okay, so it's money is all going in the right, it's been piped in the wrong direction, is the point you're making, Ari, and I completely agree with you. Uh, let me go to James as well, just before we wrap this up. James, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, James? How's it going, uh, James, you don't think uh, they want to solve homelessness? Well, I don't think the homeless industry wants to solve it, no. There's no motivation there. Many, many people will lose their jobs now. Um, it's sad what happened to the guy down in Cork, but that's a reality that some homeless people don't want to use the services either. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the guys that you see on the street actually are suffering with mental health issues, probably mixed with some form of addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very sad. And they are treated terrible on the streets now. People urinating and everything on them. Yeah. You know, like, that's a well-known fact. And then you've seen the guy in the Phoenix Park, when was it two, three years ago? Remember, he was set on fire in his tent. That's right, yeah, yeah, I remember the story. Mm. So there was only one recently up there near the Dodder as well. He was set on fire as well in his tent. Some kids set on fire while he was in it. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. so, I mean, it, it is a common problem, I know, you know, particularly when they're visually homeless, if you know what I mean, it's intense and stuff like that. But you believe there isn't the will there to solve it up, sorted because these particular NGOs or homeless organisations, there's any amount of them, there's actually there's quite a lot of them, uh, you believe, there's probably a couple of hundred of them actually at this stage, you believe it's an industry that they don't want to solve the problem because they won't make any money of it anymore. Well, how much does the NGO sector get in this country? It's millions, it millions, mm-hmm. absolutely millions. Mm-hmm. But actually, I would probably go as well, far as say it's probably over a billion no, well, NGOs now, I think, get a yeah. couple of billion total yeah. NGOs. Yeah. You know, and as the lady said, we're completely misdirecting funds here. That's the problem. We're funding them into these failed entities. I'm sorry to say. They really oh, no, I know. Entities. And I know one or two of them who we've had on the air here, you know, and they'll go on about we're helping the homeless and we're helping the homeless. Oh. Meanwhile, they get paid per head for every one they mm-hmm. take in. They also get their, their, you know, their CEO or whoever their head honcho is, is probably mm-hmm. on a salary of eighty to 120000 Um, You know, so it is a, it's a business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if I thought charity was supposed to be an act of kindness. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I know? do understand, you, you know, everybody can't give up their time for free either. I, I do understand that. But I also believe that if you're the CEO of a charity, uh, the clue is in the title when it comes to the salary. It should be a reasonable salary. Well, well, I think if you go back the decades, the church used to pick up a lot of this slack and since yes. they retreated out of the social sphere, mm-hmm. you know, in community-wise and in these kind of services, you know, a lot of them have just become industries. Mm-hmm. Sadly, where you had people were doing it for, you know, we can bash the church all we want, but there were some good people doing some good work. Oh, absolutely, know, so, absolutely. So, so it wasn't just a fi- for financial gain. They genuinely cared about the people that they were trying to help. Where now, what you see is people have built their mortgages on these things, their mm-hmm. car payments, their holidays, their lifestyle. 
seriously. You know, and there's absolutely no incentive. No incentive to solve it. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.